We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. You know what I like about the Jaguars? I like that they got fined for violations in OTAs. I liked that they were breaking the rules and Urban Meyer was out there doing illegal stuff and toughening them up. They were doing like illegal Oklahoma drill, like full contact Oklahoma drills. Yo, what? Urban Meyer took the, he took the fine like a champ and he, he's going to get them toughened up. He's going to get them toughened up. None of, no more of the soft, irrelevant Jaguars. Doing illegal Oklahoma drills. Something like that. I don't know. That's, I what, that's, what, that's what makes a good team great. Great. That illegal. <laughs> you think Belichick follows all the rules during OTAs? Yes. Hell no, no. They got knocked with the fine. Urban Meyer says, I'll take that. We're going to have a tougher team. Look, the fine is going to carry them to second in the division. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Stay Hot. I'm Bladen Kirk, joined as always by the two greatest co-hosts of all time in Matthew Spahnauer and Theo Ash. I don't have any like goofy names for you guys today, but uh, how are you guys doing? I'm fine. I'm all right with that, too. You don't need to come you, up with names every you, time. You don't, you don't like the goofy names? Uh, it's not that I don't like them. It's that I just yeah, don't want you to feel totally pressure he, to come up. No, nah, no, nah, he doesn't You're like making things up. You're putting words in my mouth. <laughs> I just don't want you to feel pressured. That's all. Uh, okay. I appreciate that. Theo, how are you? Good. 
So um, you guys heard it here first. Theo is good and no more, no less. But as always, make sure you guys subscribe, leave a review, whatever you can do, like, comment. We're on YouTube, Apple, Spotify. We always appreciate the support. The support. So keep helping us grow this podcast on all platforms. And if you haven't yet, make sure you follow at Stay Hot Pod on TikTok and Twitter. We're going to be posting some awesome content there as well. The Twitter, I think, has been doing pretty well. I, I think it's a good mix of stuff that's not sports related but can also be sports related at the same time theo be honest have you tweeted on the stay out account because the only thing <laughs> i've tweeted is not matt you matt tweeted matt and, <laughs> i tweeted matt and matthew and that's it so <laughs> i have not logged have, into the twitter yet <laughs> i've not, not logged <laughs> into the twitter okay maybe you guys don't want to follow the twitter maybe that's maybe that's the moral of the story but I'll we have a jam-packed show for you guys jam-packed show for you guys today. We're going to get into the NBA draft a little bit. Um, and by we, I mean Matt and Theo are going to get into the NBA draft a little bit. Um, and that, uh, that I believe that's on Thursday. Correct me if I'm wrong. Um, but first we're going to hit this, so yeah. Okay. Maybe it's Wednesday. Uh, I don't know. It, okay. is, it is Thursday. Thursday? Okay. Cool. All right. But first we're going to hit uh, the NFL a little bit. Camps are well underway. Preseason hard knocks are right around the corner. And there's finally some NFL news to discuss. We've been kind of finagling concepts and ideas wherever we can, but now we don't have to necessarily do that. Then we're going to talk about some of the teams that we tend to kind of lean away from, you know, the forgotten teams, if you will, of the NFL. Um, but let's hop into some NFL news real quick. First things first, you know, there's two things I really want to hit on with the COVID protocols. There's the Rick Dennison refusing to get a vaccine and he gets fired as the Vikings assistant coach. And then the NFL is set to fine unvaccinated players $14,000 for violating COVID protocols. And uh, that's, I'm honestly surprised the NFL is this, you know, intense about these rules. I can't lie. Look, Rick Dennison hasn't gotten fired yet. It's a, it's a common oh, okay. misconception. It's a common misconception I, I that they fired. fired him. Not Well, they kind of leaked that he was about to. I think they're just putting a lot of pressure on him to get it. I think the Vikings like kind of made it very much seem that he was going to get let go. But technically, the paperwork hasn't gone through yet. So I feel like this is kind of a posturing by the Vikings to like get him vaccinated. Because yes, the punishments for being unvaccinated are quite severe. And there's a big difference over the NFL forcing you to get a vaccine and the NFL making it very, very, very difficult to go through the season unvaccinated. And the latter is what's happening. Right. And, and I think, you know, I don't think they can force you, um, but it, it is definitely there. It is, it is very close to that point. I mean, they're talking about teams forfeiting games, you know, if there's any, you know, sort of, funny business. Yeah, I mean, it, it's ridiculous. <laughs> it's like you get fined. You have to go, th- if you're unvaccinated, you pretty much have to go through the same amount of testing you did last year, which would just be a hassle. Um, obviously, it is the right of an employer to like put yeah. these guidelines in place. So I think they can fire you if you're not vaccinated. So like, and it, I'm, to me, it makes sense. I made a video about it. It's like, you've got, you know, you don't want games canceled. You don't want players in the hospital. You don't want like, you want fans in the stands, like they should be pushing to get I, I a think vaccine the fans, move forward. I think, I think it really, it's the fans that are, that the NFL is most concerned about because it's not just their responsibility to take care of, you know, the players and the coaching staffs. They're now responsible for like tens of thousands of fans 
at each game. And if there's players that aren't vaccinated, especially with, you know, the new strain coming along, that can be a huge risk. Yeah. And I think they just want to set a good example of be like, yeah, we're going to be pushing this, like get vaccinated, like narrative, like the NFL wants to set a good example. So fans will uh, like maybe follow suit. I don't know. There's a lot of guys who uh, a surprising number of guys who have come out against uh, getting vaccinated and whatnot. And I really think with a lot of these guys, it's just they aren't weren't going to go get vaccinated because it's kind of a pain in the ass. It makes you feel bad for a day and it's not that big a deal to people. You know, it's like, well, the numbers are in their favor if you're young and healthy and whatnot. And then when the NFL is like, well, you have to get it or this. It's not about getting the vaccine. It's about being told what to do. Um, right. And I, I don't know. I, I, I can't get behind that. Right. The government, the government, like kind of forcing you to do anything, especially in the country of the United States of America. We are a very <laughs> stubborn and freewheeling group of group of people stubborn, over stubborn, here. Stubborn is definitely <laughs> the right word. They, we don't like the government <laughs> injecting things into people like and I do kind of understand that. But at the same time, it's like vaccines aren't new. Making things <laughs> people get vaccines are new. But then there's also a lot of injury a lot of new injuries happening, like Cam Akers tore his Achilles. Um, dude's gone for the season. Michael Thomas is hurt, and this is really interesting. So Theo, you know, gave the fantasy <laughs> sleeper of Callaway, and then immediately after, I think it was the next day, was it the next day or like a couple days after, Mike, we get news that Michael Thomas is hurt. We do. And, you know, when I speak, listen, <laughs> when, I, when I talk, you got to listen. When I, I that, tell that, you Mar- sound, that sounds bad. We didn't like predict Michael Thomas to get hurt. No, but I said Marquez Calloway's a sleeper. What happens? Then Michael Thomas gets hurt. Marquez Calloway might be the wide receiver one or definitely like a wide receiver two on that team. I said Deshaun Watson might be a guy that you stash because I don't trust the legal system to like care about this going forward. Like he's a rich, famous guy. They don't care about things like this too often they get off with nothing. And then he reports to training camp the next day or like two days later after I say that I say, my grandma says Aaron Rodgers is definitely coming back to the Packers. <laughs> and today the news breaks that he's coming back to the Packers, like, or that's what it looks like. So I hit on these predictions, man. You got to listen to what I say. Well, you got to predict some good things about uh, Cam Newton and the Panthers for me. <laughs> um, <laughs> Cam are you Newton, saying though? That, why do you still? Why do you care what happens to Cam Newton? He doesn't even play for the Panthers anymore. He's my favorite player, ever. I thought that was Thomas Davis. Well, he's my favorite player in the league. Okay. Also, yes. I would feel very justified if Cam Newton was good. We can't talk about him every single show. I just okay. brought him up yeah. offhand, but fair. I didn't realize you had that type of power when it came to the NFL deal. <laughs> I do. I, no one wants to believe it, and everyone gets mad at me. Last year, I said I think Tool will be a bust, and then he gets benched. I'm, I'm, I'm telling you. I say the, I said the 49ers would miss the playoffs when they came off the Super Bowl win, and I said the the Washington football team would make the playoffs, and they did. Like no one is predicting the things I'm predicting. Washington only made the playoffs because Dak got hurt. Did they make it? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you were right, but at what cost? At what cost? Okay. No so, cost. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, will do you uh, with Michael Thomas injury? Do you think he's still a viable fantasy option at receiver? I mean, he's got to be. He's so good. He's going to get so much volume when he comes back. You'd hope. Yeah, but when when he comes that, back? But that that is the that is the question. Even, when okay, will well, he even, come back? Let's say let's say he comes back week seven. Let's say he okay. misses the first six weeks. 
I'm still, he's, it's not like he's going to go undrafted. I think he's the biggest wild card in fantasy right now. Cause with, I mean, the amount of targets he could see, he really could be like top five, top three wide receiver. Um, and if you can get him late, that's super big value, particularly if it's going to be back half of the season, but you don't know how well he's going to come back from that injury. And you don't know how long yeah. it's going to take. So it's risky um, to take him early. That's, that's the thing. But if you can snag him in maybe what the third or the fourth round, might be worth yeah, it. it would probably be worth it once you get like fourth. I was a Michael Thomas owner in a lot of leagues last year, and it was incredibly frustrating watching this injury happen. And then he would like punch his teammates and like he got suspended for some games and like then the quarterbacks were hurt. So like I'm not like rushing to draft Michael Thomas again in a situation where, that we don't know the quarterback play. And we don't know his injury and like, I'm not going to be clamoring to draft him, but like once it gets like round four or five, maybe six, like, yeah, it's probably Michael Thomas. I, I love having Michael Thomas in fantasy leagues, you know, especially PPR because he just, he always, he has the most catches in the league. Um, but, you know, going back to Deshaun Watson, um, <laughs> you know, Theo said that, you know, he reported the reported to training camp and obviously, you know, there doesn't appear there will be any suspension of any kind. Um, but the Texans are now saying that, or the Texans aren't saying, but there are two NFL executives that have reported that the Texans' price for Deshaun Watson is minimum five high draft picks along with starting caliber players. Do you think that's worth it? I don't. I don't. Way. I mean, yeah. Especially with his legal. Yeah. Go ahead, Matt. With all the legal stuff, I mean, that, that that's enough to stop you from trading the farm for anybody no matter how good they are yeah. but even if you were to take that out of it which you can't uh i think you'd have to have your team pretty much ready set up to win uh before you made that move because i mean if you're giving up three first two seconds and good players that's gonna make you can bring in watson but then you're gonna have to pay him big money pretty soon and it, it's it, from a team building standpoint it's gonna be tough to build a really good team if you're paying a quarterback a ton, a ton of money and you don't have high picks. Um, I think it makes sense for a team like Denver to spend a bunch on him if there were no legal problems. But including there is, and you don't know how any of that's going to play out, what team would take that big of a risk? Yeah, I've, I think if I was maybe Denver, I would pull the trigger. I could maybe part with one of my corners. I could maybe part with one of my edge rushers. And then maybe I could throw in like three firsts. And that's it. Like that's a pretty steep price. Um, and maybe that would be worth it. Cause I think that the Broncos instantly become Super Bowl contenders there. Um, but yeah, it's like the list of teams that could take that on and actually be in a better position than they were before is pretty low because like you need to build the team around. I've I watched Aaron Rodgers for the last decade and I've seen <laughs> a superstar quarterback with, without a defense like not win Super Bowls. Like it's you've got to have a good you've got to have that versatility. The one year they did moves. win a Super Bowl, they had Charles Woodson. <laughs> yep. And Clay Matthews was second in yeah. defensive player of the year voting. You need a defense. You need a defense. And like it happens. You need a early good team. <laughs> and and also, yeah, Rogers wasn't the highest paid player in the league at that point. Like you can't have a quarterback making up a certain amount of your cap because teams who have that never win anything like that's it hasn't been that way since like Steve Young it would be kind of like the Khalil Mack trade but to an extreme you just can't give up a ton of picks for a guy that you have to trade from a salary cap team building standpoint unless you've got everything else figured out um 
But even then, I don't know. I, I think a lot of teams are going to stay away from Watson. I wouldn't want, like, I'd probably want the Panthers to stay away from Watson too. Um, it's just and so I mean, many I, questions. I don't even think the Panthers have the assets to make that move anyway. I mean, any any team has the assets. You could just trade a trillion first round sure, draft picks. I guess. Um, I mean, that's what any team's going to have to do. I don't see how the Panthers yeah. have less assets than anybody else. But I don't know. I I just, think- it's almost not worth discussing just because how much we don't know. You know, right. And with what they're at right now is not what Watson's going to get. They're not getting five first round picks and two starters. Like that's like what they're, that's not on the table. I believe. I don't, I don't think that's on the table, especially with the legal, like the legal issues are not worked out yet. I don't think that anything major is going to happen to Watson just because the historical precedent is like that super rich people do not go to jail for this kind of thing. Yeah. And like the NFL has like multiple players who have probably, done things just as bad that are superstars in the league right now. (laughs) So like, I don't really have much faith in the NFL to actually like care about (laughs) these issues, but like, yeah, yeah, it's 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 still a thing. Like the legal issues are still a thing. I I figure at some point, um, the Texans price is going to come down and then someone will pull the trigger on it. Um, I, I, cause he said he planned on holding out this season. So I, I expect him to still do that. And then at some point, I figure the Texans' price will come down maybe around, you know, week seven, probably right before the trade deadline. And someone someone will end up making a move on them. If they think they're, you know, close to being that playoff contention Super Bowl-type team, I, I could very well see it happening. I don't know. It'll but, happen eventually. Yeah, it'll happen eventually, but yeah. not right now. Not for five, five high draft picks. No. <laughs> no way. There's, I don't think there's any player I would give up that for, except for maybe Mahomes. Um, but let's hop into some, you know, forgotten NFL teams. Um, there'll be lots of more new NFL news coming this week, I assume, in the coming weeks. Um, first team we're going to hop into, the Bears. Um, and, and I don't know if I necessarily think they're a forgotten team, but every now and then it's just, it, there's just not a lot to talk about with them, I feel like. So... I guess I'll just throw it over to you guys. Why do you think people forget about them? Why do you think we sometimes forget to talk about the Chicago Bears? Well, they made the playoffs last year, and then uh, hypothetically they got an upgrade at quarterback. So, like, I can see how Bears fans would think, like, you know, we should be talked about more as a playoff contender team. Um, And they're really not really discussed as some team that's going to win that division. And with Rodgers' drama, like, they're just not the most talked about team in that division. So... That's probably why the the talent might not match the hype or yeah. I think people would be a little bit more excited about them if they could have kept it together on defense more. Um, but losing uh, losing Fuller, really, I don't know. I would have been excited if I felt like they had still had that elite defense and then they brought in Fields and it's like okay, I can see the the vision here. If you can make the playoffs with Trubisky, maybe you can make the playoffs with. Uh, with fields. Yeah. Too. Because before the fields pick, they were regarded as having like a horrible off season and that they were yeah. going to suck. And then the fields thing happened. And then everyone was like, well, wait a minute, maybe this off season one is, it wasn't as bad as we thought it was, but like to go from, they suck to like, they're going to be in the playoffs is like quite the pendulum shift. If I'm being totally honest, the bears feel a lot like the Packers where, except they don't have Aaron Rodgers, right. Where like Allen Robinson wanted out. And their management wasn't super great. And everyone there is on the hot seat. And I'm just not totally in love with anything going on in that building right now. 
So I guess if there's any reason where I'm like, it can be, they can be forgotten about, that would be it. It's just, it feels like a mess. It also, I'm being totally it, honest. it doesn't help. Their schedule is kind of brutal. They play the NFC West. Uh, they play the AFC North. Uh, they play Tampa Bay from the NFC South. Uh, so just with how schedules work in the NFL, they kind of got a pretty bad hand getting some of the toughest divisions and getting one of the tougher teams from the NFC South because they would only play one team from the NFC South every year. So even if they're a borderline playoff team, you know, they've got to play the Rams, the Browns, the Packers, the Buccaneers, the 49ers, the Ravens, the Packers again. You know, it's just it's a lot. So they, they'd have to pull off some pretty big upsets. I, I saw Theo when I <laughs> when I said that the Bears are kind of like the Packers. You went stone cold. <laughs> I mean, I can see where you're coming from. It's like this was an organization that for the majority of the offseason seemed to be pretty dysfunctional. And now right before the season starts, like at the last minute, they kind of pulled things together and have a team now. And like, right. here we go. And like, hypothetically, a playoff team that added a better quarterback. Like, like if you think about that, you could be like, OK, they should be in the playoffs. But for the entire offseason, they were trying to trade for Russell Wilson and they couldn't do it. Will the coach get, they were mad because the coach didn't get fired a little bit. Like, like Trubisky was like going to be this, well, he left, I guess, but it was like yeah. Foles is your starting quarterback. Fuller got let go for nothing. It was just like dysfunction. And now at the last minute, they kind of saved the season. And now it's like, well, are they good now or are they not? So, but no one seems to be excited to watch Fields or like Fields has gotten kind of like under the radar and like I, I'm ex- I'm excited to watch Fields. Like I oh, think Fields should be yeah. And I guess with with Mooney getting like with the trade of Anthony Miller and like Mooney and Fields and like once the season starts, I think Bears talk. You know will what? Pick up that's a why bit. that's why no one's talking about the Bears. They said that Andy Dalton's going to be their starter. I guarantee people would be more excited. If they said they were going to start Justin Fields, true, that's true. No one, no one's excited to watch really, Andy Dalton. <laughs> how many games do you think Dalton lasts? We've been over this three. Yeah, like oh. yeah, three. <laughs> they they need to get through the Rams, which I think they play Week One. Yeah, they get through the Rams. They then the they Bengals. Yeah, the and Bengals. then and then it's the Browns, and then okay. yeah, they get out of the, the Browns. Lions. They're fine. Yeah, Detroit. That's the game. That's the game to start Fields. That's the game to start fields against Detroit. Um, so I, I guess we'll I guess we'll move on to our next team, which is Jacksonville. And I think we talked about Jacksonville a lot early on, like especially right after the draft, when you know Urban Meyer was getting all his guys in. They had Tim Tebow, but since then things have kind of died down. And I I honestly don't know why that is. I feel like Jacksonville's never really been a super you know big team to talk about anyway. I mean, I like Jacksonville going in an extra little bit. I think they have a lot of pieces I'm on sure. offense. The, the I think I their know receivers aren't bad. Yeah. Um, I think Trevor Lawrence is going to be good, and I think he's kind of going to be good right away. Um, maybe that's a little bold for any rookie quarterback, but I think he'll be good. Uh, they've got good running backs. They invested in running backs, so they've got good running backs. Um, I don't think their offensive line is like atrocious or anything. So they. I heard a potential rumor of Robinson getting traded at some point this year. Or not, not maybe it wasn't a route, but just like a possibility. Someone was like, I wonder if that's something that people would more like to see. 
Yeah, I was just seeing. I was just seeing it on Twitter happening. a little bit floating around. I was like, I don't. I don't think that's real. I saw. But- a cu- I saw a couple people suggest that Robinson to the Rams would be a good fit, but I didn't see that as like talks that were happening. I just saw that as speculation. Yeah. You know what I like about the Jaguars? I like that they got fined for violations in OTAs. I liked that they were breaking the rules and Urban Meyer was out there doing illegal stuff and toughening them up. They were doing like illegal Oklahoma drill, like full contact Oklahoma drills. Urban Meyer, yeah, no, or something like that. Yo, Urban Meyer, what? Urban Meyer took, the, took the fine. He took the fine like a champ and he, he's going to get them toughened up. He's going to get them toughened up. No, no more of the soft, irrelevant Jaguars. They're going to finish second. Doing illegal in Oklahoma drills. Something like that. I don't know. That's, I what, that's, what, that's what makes a good team great. Great. That illegal. <laughs> if you're following all the rules during, you think Belichick follows all the rules during OTAs? Yes. Hell no, no. They got knocked with the fine. <laughs> they got knocked with the fine. Urban Meyer says, I'll take that. We're going to have a tougher team. Look, the fine is going to carry them to second in the division. <laughs> Behind the Titans. <laughs> yeah, with your track record, I have a hard time not believing you, but... And especially with that division being as choppy as it is, I, I I guess. But yeah, I don't know. I feel like there is a lot of. I feel like with the tech or not with the with the Jaguars, it, it's just really hard to look at that team and think of like any sort of random speculation. There's nothing like Trevor Lawrence is kind of expected to be really good. It's not like oh let's let's go. I can't wait for Trevor Lawrence to be. You know, this superstar quarterback, it's just like, yeah, Trevor Lawrence, great prospect. He's going to do exactly what we all expect him to do. I don't know. I feel like there's nothing really going on except for I, apparently Urban Meyer is a wild man, um, which I, <laughs> I guess we already kind of knew that, too. I, th- I think part of the reason why Trevor Lawrence isn't getting like hype now that he has actually gotten drafted is because I think he was always kind of supposed to go to the Jets. Like, I just remember, like, it was so, <laughs> it was so much a thing like oh jets get, get getting trevor lawrence it's such a sure thing and then like out of nowhere at the end of the season like all of a sudden he's on the jaguars and i feel like that just didn't drive as much hype as him being on the new york jets like i feel like that's why he's not getting the hype is just because he's he was supposed to be on the jets and then at the last second he gets sent to jacksonville like i feel like that's i'm, why. A, I could, I'm a little scared for trevor media. lawrence i think they're gonna i think they're gonna run trevor lawrence a lot that's my prediction. Watching Ohio State play um, JT Barrett. under Urban Meyer for like eight years, it did not matter whether the guy could or could not run. He was running as far <laughs> as Urban Lawrence. Meyer was concerned. And Trevor Lawrence can move. Don't get me wrong. It's not what I'm saying. Um, but I just know that Urban really likes to really likes Trevor, to Dwayne Haskins. Use mobile. <laughs> Trevor <laughs> Lawrence so much. Fantasy. Trevor Lawrence fantasy sleeper question. Kind of. I kind of, that's what I'm thinking. Uh, My one, see, I don't know if not, see, not in the same sense that maybe some of these other guys are, because he's not, it's not like he's going to get a bunch of goal line touches because I think they have Carlos Hyde for that. And I think they have all these running backs. They're going to try to really run it in, but um, he is like six, he 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 is like six foot six though. Send him on some quarterback sneaks. Um, But it's, it wouldn't be unlike, it it wouldn't be that crazy for him to get a, a good amount of carries. Do you no. think he could uh, break Herbert's touchdown record? I mean, maybe, but that's in, in 17 games. I think he could. I think he, it's possible. Uh, like yeah. that record got beat by what? 
Baker and then it got beat by Herbert like two years later and now there's 17 games what's and you've Cam's, got what's Cam's is it doesn't Cam have like the total rookie touchdown record of like 35 yeah he's got him he's got him beat because Cam had like 30 so I know he had 14 rushing touchdowns as a rookie yeah. and I want to say he had 21 passing touchdowns okay. but I really don't know I don't know if Trevor's beating that that's that's a bit aggressive but you know th- to get you know what is it? Thirty-two would need thirty-two total touchdowns in seventeen games. That's reasonable, I think so. I also think what's dangerous. I think the Jaguars' cornerback crew is going to be a lot better than it was last year too. Like I look at the guy they added from Seattle. Who was it? Was it Flower? No, it was Shaquille Griffin. Griffin. It was Griffin. Yeah. And then I liked Tyson Campbell. I think he's a pretty good man coverage corner coming out of the draft. And then you got C.J. Henderson. Rookie cornerbacks are never that good, so like he wasn't that good last year. But like, what rookie Hender- corner Henders- is? I've seen a lot of people talk about Henderson could be, you know take a big step this year. So if he takes a step, and like I guess you know Tyson Campbell's a rookie, so he probably won't be that good. But no. like it's everything about the Jaguars looks all right to me. Like I don't see like a weakness, like a huge front seven, secondary, quarterback, skill position, offensive line. Like I don't really see a huge glaring weakness in any of those units. I agree. The more I look at it, the more I like their roster. It's not, it's not bad at all. No, it's not. It's like a pretty, and like Urban Meyer, like maybe he's kind of a crazy guy and like, it's kind of weird that he's coaching the Jaguars instead of Ohio state, but like the coaching staff looks like it could be okay. Like, I don't know. I kind of like the Jaguars. So I've said that multiple times. I don't think yeah, they win the no. division anymore after Julio got added to the Titans, but I think they can get second. That's fair. Do you think they make the playoffs? No, no. <laughs> it's just that division's so bad, they'll just happen to get second. That's fair. Yeah, kind uh, of. <laughs> moving on to Seattle. Um, Seattle's a bit of an interesting team. Um, every now and then, Russell Wilson gets thrown into conversations. DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett. But I, th- I don't think as a unit, Seattle gets talked about a lot. And um, I, you know, why do you guys think that is? Because they're the same every year. Like everything else in that division, they're they're Seattle. It's like, it's Seattle. They're probably going to be pretty good. Russell Wilson is still there. Pete Carroll is still there. Everything else in the division kind of changes and they're just Seattle. Like that's why they don't get talked about. Uh, Yeah, we know, we know who uh, Russell Wilson is. We know who Pete Carroll is. We know what they're going to do. I've said that like, I don't, I want to pick against them, but I know I can't because right. they're too consistent. But they, I, th- I think they've got some some holes on defense. But overall, I think I did. I, I do think their offensive line looks at least a little bit better. Yeah, I like Gabe better. Jackson as an addition. <laughs> um, they've got good receivers. They've got a good quarterback. They'll probably yeah, I mean, win ten last, eleven games. The first half of last year, their defense was atrocious and they still were winning games because Russell Wilson was absolutely on one. And then in the second half of the season, Russell Wilson wasn't absolutely on one and the defense kind of pulled it together. So maybe if they can get both to happen at the same time, but I'll tell you what, with Russell Wilson, I'm kind of not expecting him to pull it together for, for a full 17 games. I just don't think that's in his... I think we would have seen it by now if an MVP caliber season was in his bag. And I'm not quite sure that it is. Um, that's my, that's my one Russell Wilson criticism. It's like, he is so good, but he's just inconsistent. And it's every single year. There's like a stretch of bad games. That's why I think Josh Allen is better than him. I think I've come to that conclusion. Maybe he's just too consistent. (laughs) Yeah, I guess he is. (laughs) He's consistently like very high level, but not MVP level. Consistently the same quarterback every year. So yeah, the Seahawks are the same, but you know, that's interesting because the Patriots were the same for a long time. And people still talked about them. 
Oh, they were winning because <laughs> that's because they were a mega dynasty winning <laughs> and getting to Super Bowls all the time. The yeah. Seahawks haven't been to a Super Bowl since 2013 or 2014. I'm just saying, if you want to talk about like guys that stayed the same, they had, you know, good coach, good quarterback, you know, you know, I mean, I guess the Patriots didn't have great receivers for a while with the exception of like Moss. Uh, <laughs> if you want to say Welker's a great receiver, <laughs> sure. Gronk. <laughs> Gronk's a tight end, but yeah, I'll give, I'll give you like a receiving option. Well, and New England was always a lock to win that division. Like there was never anything else to talk about in that division. In Seattle, you've got the Rams who are more interesting to talk about. The 49ers are hypothetically more interesting to talk about. Like the Patriots were always the team that were going to run shit in their division. Yeah, I don't know. I kind of feel like people do talk about the Seahawks, though. I'm not going to lie. Maybe we haven't a ton. Um, but they get plenty of coverage, and DK Metcalf's fun. So people talk about him a lot. Yeah, I think I think DK Metcalf is is the one like really fun guy in that on that team. And Jamal Adams. No, that people talk about Jamal Adams all the time, yeah. <laughs> and it's always to hate on Jamal Adams. I, I don't yeah. get it. I think Jamal Adams is a great player, and I think you know he wants you know I think to be the highest paid safety in the league. That probably shouldn't happen right now after the season he just had, but like he has the talent to be that, yeah. but he was, he legitimately did was not good in coverage last year. Like make no mistake. Like I think that some of the criticisms of Jamal Adams in coverage were deserved based on the way that he played last year, but he's like, played at a high level in coverage before. So we know he's capable of it. Yes. He just wasn't last year. So I yeah, think he needs because to prove coverage himself is hard. a little bit. Because yes. coverage is hard, <laughs> like consistently high level coverage play is difficult to do. I, I would is. I would give him a shot. I would I would be patient with Jamal Adams. But, I would too, you know, but I'm not paying it right now. But anyway, I digress. But we we still we still agree Seattle's a good team, and I, I think they're a. I I would want I don't want to say they're a lock to make the playoffs. That division's obviously tough, but I think they're in a pretty decent spot, especially with Russell Wilson. Obviously, one more team I think we should get into is the Raiders, and it, it's weird to say that the Raiders are a forgotten team because they're in Vegas now. They just built this brand new stadium, um, but they also are are kind of like the Bears. I feel like where they just don't like they, they they were almost a playoff team last year, kind of almost a playoff team last year, and then they lost like their entire offensive line, and their run game already wasn't great. They lost receivers. The receivers already weren't great. The only good spot on that team now seems to be Derek Carr. And Darren Waller. Darren Waller. Darren People forget Waller, about Darren yes. Waller. I, I forget, I forget about, Darren about Darren Waller, Waller all the time. <laughs> but he's I'm good. I'm not... They're definitely like a, a weird team right now. I'm not... Like, what, what not, unit I'm, are you really confident in? Either way. <laughs> good or bad. <laughs> it, no, I'm confident their secondary is not that good. <laughs> it's <laughs> That's not. Probably no, what. trust me. No, no, their secondary is horrible. I don't, I don't even know about not that good. Aren't the they, Raiders are... They the were Raiders starting Jeff weird. Heath last year at safety. The Raiders are weird because on paper, I don't think they look that good. But on paper, they didn't look that good last year and they went eight and eight. That's what like, I'm saying. So I the Raiders are confusing. It, I, I like, I want to say that they're going to suck. I do. Like, I, I like, I think like Chargers, Broncos, Chiefs, Raiders. I'm like, okay, the Raiders are the worst team in that division. But the Raiders were like second in that division last year. And on paper, they added like Yannick Ngakwe and Casey Hayward. And they they added or um, they got rid of some of their offensive linemen. But their offensive line was like not super, super great last year. And I think that's why Josh Jacobs took a step back. So it's like, 
they went eight and eight and got better. Like, they got better in some areas, but worse than others. The receiving core still isn't great outside of Darren Waller. Henry Ruggs is horrible. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> Henry Ruggs might be horrible, but like, I don't know if I would say he is right now. I didn't like him coming out of the draft, and he didn't That's do much to prove I didn't, me wrong. I didn't like, Ruggs felt like Ross to me, and they both felt like Corey Coleman. So Yeah. But you're going to have Ruggs stretching the fields, and you're going to have um, John Brown, their other wide receiver, stretching the field. I and do like John have, Brown. I'll give you and that. And you're going to have Hunter Renfro and um, Darren Waller, like, underneath. And, like, Josh Jacobs is a decent runner. And, like, I don't know. Like, I don't know. I, they went 8-8 eight and eight last year, and they got a little bit better. And, like, I feel like they did get a little, little bit better. And Their division's um, also pretty tough, though. But the, but the Broncos got much better. Yeah, like, the Broncos got a It's like... It's like the Browns and the Browns and Ravens on a different scale. A little bit, yeah. A little bit, like yeah. The Bra- like last year, Denver was significantly worse, I think, than the Raiders. But their records were probably a little bit. The records showed them being a little bit closer. And now Denver is quite a, quite a ways ahead, or at least they got a lot better this offseason than the Raiders did. And I don't know. I could see the Raiders maybe being above five hundred. I, I don't I just don't love that roster and I don't love the other t- and I and I actually like too many other t- I like the Chargers a lot. The Chiefs are obviously really good and then Denver got a lot better. They could easily lose that division. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. There's it's just a hard team to judge and I don't know if the ceiling for this team's all that crazy crazy high. Um it's just hard to tell with them. Maybe it is. I don't know. It's not. I don't think their ceiling is high. Like when it comes to ceiling being high, like maybe they can. And it's like, I even think wild part is a stretch for them. That's where I kind of end up is like on paper, they were 500 and made some nice improvements, but just the way things are shaping up, I just don't see them making the wild card. And then if you're not in the wild card with seven teams, you're pretty much just bad. So like I, that's kind of where I see them is like, below 500 i i haven't made my prediction for them yet but neither have I. last last in the division is not is kind of what i'm feeling right now that's like what i'm either. saying it that's a tough division and the afc is a tough conference so i don't know i just i don't have a lot of faith in them um i do have one question not to get off okay. topic about yeah. um your predictions theo <laughs> yeah are you are you keeping track of the total number of wins that you're giving out? Because I notice no. people, people will make predictions and then they won't do it. And I don't think you're going to do this, but a lot of people, it's like you gave out 12, 13, too many wins total over the entire league. Yeah. Um, I'm not, I'm not keeping exact track because I don't, I don't think it's possible to get it exactly right. So like, I'm just going what I feel for like on a team by team basis, but I do think teams when people make predictions, people always give out, they're too optimistic. Like people always like there aren't enough teams that are like one in 15 because they're scared of making a fan base mad. Like I look at the Bengals and I'm like, okay, bad secondary, bad front seven, bad offensive line, good skill positions, decent quarterback, two and fifth, like good division, hard schedule, like two and 15. I'm sorry. Like bottom five team in the league in terms of talent, in my opinion, I think they'll suck. And then everyone gets mad at me and they'll be like, this is a five win team. Like I can't predict the teams that I think are the worst to have five wins. Like 
If I think the Bengals are on the bottom of the barrel in terms of talent, and I do, like I'm not going to predict them to get that many wins. So I'm not keeping track of exactly how many wins I'm giving out, but I'm not afraid to like give out a bunch of horrible records. And the Bengals, unfortunately, are one of those teams. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I gave out I gave out a horrible record prediction one time. I'm gonna (laughs) (laughs) Saints going 0 17. But yeah, I said 0 16. I said 0 16, not 0 17. So uh, they could go 1 17, and that would or 1 16, and I guess that would uh, that would suffice. Um, But but I guess (laughs) now I don't know. I'll 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 readdress my Saints take at some point, but not right now. Well, I think it's about high time we hop into the NBA draft. As you guys know, this is now my area of expertise. So I'm going to pass off to my main man, Matt. He's going to lead discussion here. Well, I don't disagree with you. You said um, that the NBA draft is different than the NFL draft. And I think the main difference is that you don't draft for needs if you're picking high at all. Um, I 100. I, okay, like Theo, I know you disagree with me about best player available in the NFL, and fair enough, I can get behind that. But in the NBA, absolutely, you have to go BPA, and I think that really comes into play here uh, with the second pick that the Rockets are making. Now, if they don't, Cade Cunningham probably goes one, and that leaves Evan Mobley and Jalen Green and uh, Suggs there for them to take. Those are probably the next three guys or so. And if they don't want to go Mobley, who's kind of the consensus too right now, I can get behind that if they don't have him as their number two prospect. But if they don't go with Mobley because they're afraid of the fit with Christian Wood, I can't agree. I don't, I don't think long-term you should be worried about fit like that uh, when you're trying to build you know, a team five years down the line. Right. With the NBA, it just seems like you see LeBron James in the finals for 10 straight years. And you see like Giannis, you know, kind of, kind of like carrying the, or I wouldn't say carrying, but like he kind of carried the bucks. Like the, in the NBA, one transcend, like one transcendent player can carry you to finals. Like that's not something that exists when the Texans drafted Jadavion Clowney. Like that's not... <laughs> how it works, you know? So I agree with you where it's like, you got to take the best player available, but you know, as someone who's a very casual scouter of NBA talent, I think you got to go with Jalen green because he has the coolest highlights. I really do. I'm a big Jalen green fan. Have you watched Jalen, Jalen green? He's so, he's so good. All, I think all of those top guys are really fun to watch. Um, But yeah, green, green is, is fun. My, My main concern with Mobley is that, okay, so Detroit goes Cade Cunningham at one. I don't think they end up trading the pick. I think just take your guy uh, and don't overthink it unless somebody comes with like the godfather offer or whatever. Yeah. Um, but then Houston at two, what if they're like, well, we have, uh, we have um, Christian Wood, so we can't, we're not going to do that. And then all of a sudden it's three. The Cavs have Mobley sitting there, but they're like, well, we're so invested in Jarrett Allen that we're going to pass <laughs> on him too. And I like Jarrett Allen. But I feel like he's being viewed as some like crazy anything, core piece. Anything more, yeah, anything more than like a good defensive role player. Um, I, I, I can see that he has some potential. I really don't dislike him, but I still think he's being overvalued a little bit right now. And that could lead Toronto to get Mobley at four. I think that's pretty unlikely. Um, but I don't know. I, I've, I've seen too much talk about those teams being uh, not that invested uh, or yeah. too invested in what they have now, I guess. Um, yeah, the pist- Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I thought the Pistons like the Pistons trading things is like 
the Pistons need a star so damn bad. Like they've got some good players there and like Killian Haynes and like Jeremiah Grant and like, but like, there's just no one on that team that I would really recognize if I walked down on the street. And like the fan base is so excited for Cade Cunningham. Like I'm not the world's biggest Cade Cunningham fan. And I think it's a little suspicious that he has more turnovers than assists when he's supposed to be like this elite, like ball distributor. But I like, what the hell do I know? You know? So it's like, I, you got to take him if you're, if you're like to avoid the fan base, just absolutely like, ripping your face off and eating it in front of you is like, I think you got to go with Cade there. And then, but I like, I'm telling you, like Jalen green is going to be like awesome. Are, like, are you team, advocating for Detroit to take Jalen green over Cade Cunningham? I would look, I don't know shit about this and I don't listen to me, but I would just because I think that like, I look at Jalen green and I'm like, okay, this is already going to be one of the most athletic players in the league. One of the most athletic players in the league already. Um, someone whose shot creation and someone whose like athletic ceiling is as high as anyone. Um, and someone who cut his teeth in the G league. And I think that that's harder competition. I think that that's like more difficult. You're better prepared to go to the NBA from the G league than Oklahoma state. Um, so I feel like you've got the player with the highest, higher athletic profile with the better shot creation, who is playing tougher opponents and putting up similar numbers like, I really think Jalen Green is close to Cade Cunningham at the very least. You, and that might be... You talking about Jalen Green reminds me of when uh, me, when I when Darren Fox was coming out. Yeah. I, but like, I was so in love with Fox because of how athletic he was. But like, literally don't listen to me because I also don't know how to scout NBA players. Like, I like... <laughs> this is literally just me like watching... You know more than I like, do. I'm you like, I watch Jalen Green and I'm like, look, this guy's more fun than Cade Cunningham. I would pick him. So like all at the same time, NBA players should not, I will not blame an NBA player or an NBA team. But like, I think it's interesting that the Rockets are my pass on Mobley for him. That's kind of the rumor right now. It, it's that top four is uh, pretty, pretty strong. I can't lie. I mean, we, I, I was streaming on Twitch. We were watching uh, prospects and I had a lot of fun watching Suggs. I thought Suggs, Suggs was, is uh, cool too. Dude, he's sick. Um, but I think if you're Detroit and they had a really good draft, or they, had, they, they did a pretty good job in the draft last year. If you trade out of the one pick, that kind of signals to me, unless, again, you get a ridiculous offer, that you don't trust yourself to pick the best player and a super strong class, right? Like if, if you're Detroit, you got the best pick and a great class, figure out who's the best, take him, and I think it's probably Cade you don't need to overthink it. You don't have to outsmart everybody, you know? And no one's, um, and if you're wrong, no one is going to blame you. That's the other thing It's like, I don't think your job is at stake here. They won't but, blame you now, but they'll blame you in like three years. I guess. But like everyone thinks Cade Cunningham, like he's the consensus. Number one, if he sucks, Cade will get blamed. Or maybe I guess the Pistons organization will get blamed for ruining him. That would actually probably be what happens. Like I, I see teams now getting bashed for passing up on Jason Tatum. Well, they didn't, yeah, I guess. And it's like, yeah, you won't get blamed now, but you're going to catch some heat in a few years when everyone realizes that oh, uh, Green was actually the best, or Suggs was actually the best. And it's like, I don't know. Maybe, maybe it is, you know, a little bit a different situation, but I don't know. Maybe there is some 
you know, to an extent you have to be careful, but yeah, no, you're right. I still wouldn't out try and outsmart people. I know when there's usually long-winded rants on players, it's usually me the one who's the one giving them <laughs> perhaps too much to so. But Matt, I legitimately want to hear you were talking about prospects on Twitch, and I want to hear your takeaways from from that. Like, who are some of the prospects that you you were really liking from this draft? Okay. I have not absolutely like looked at every single player. Um so if I don't talk about somebody, that doesn't necessarily mean that I don't like it. These aren't my top prospects. These are just the ones that I found um, really interesting. Trey Mann is my guy of the draft. If I had to pick one person, it's Trey Mann. He is so ridiculous in the way that he moves with the ball. He's stupidly shifty. I, if you go watch his highlights, you'll see what I mean. Because uh, he'll change it when he has the ball. He can like move his body weight six, seven times, and it just is impossible to tell where he's actually going to go. Um, and on top of that, he has a really good shot. And not only is he like, okay, he's shooting 40% from three or whatever, but it's corner threes. He's hitting a lot of tough shots. And while all while he's like doing that and shifting and trying to get himself open, uh, he's keeping his eyes up and looking to set up his teammates. He's a guy who I'm seeing projected to go at the bottom of the first. Absolutely. I'd take a shot on him. Uh, now defensively, not awesome, but <laughs> I don't care. I'm going to be 100% honest with you. I don't care. Matt, um, is he a future son? Future son? The mock draft I'm looking at, <laughs> I just pulled up a mock draft to see all the players' names in front of me. He's going to the Suns at 29. Let's go! Um, <laughs> repeat. <laughs> repeat. <laughs> so I, I, um, I don't know. I just really liked him. I thought he had really electric tape. Uh, another guy who's been getting a lot of hype is Davion Mitchell. And you'll hear him get comps to Donovan Mitchell be like, oh, great, because he's like the same size and they have like similar names. No, it's because he plays exactly like Donovan Mitchell. It's really weird. Um, he's a smaller guard, but he makes it work on defense because he's super fast and ridiculously high energy. I'm a big believer that defense is like 50% effort, maybe more. Uh, and he can give that effort because he's going 100% all the time. He hits shots. He makes the passes. You think like, okay, well, he's a guy who he did well in the tournament and then guys who do well in the tournament always get a little bit overhyped and he's a four-year player. But I think the hype that he's getting is legit. I think people hyping him up is 100% valid. Um, I'm, a, I'm behind it. I like him a lot. Uh, and if you can get him past 10, I think that's a steal. Or at 10, I've seen um, the Pelicans yeah, get mocked I'm looking at a hundred percent. Yeah. 100%. I think they should do that. Uh, depending on how the board falls, of course. Um, another guy, Keon Johnson, he's he's a little bit more raw. I don't have as much to say about him, but I think that um, he he he's really he's really shifty. He attacks a lot. Uh, I like his confidence. He's def he's definitely. I'm pretty sure his shooting splits were a little rough, um, but I see it with him as somebody who maybe is off the bench energy early in his career. Uh, my new guy for the Hornets is Jalen Johnson. I've been a... <laughs> the Bears corner? No, this is actually a different <laughs> Jalen Johnson, believe it or not. Okay. Now, I, the big story with this guy is that he left Duke in the middle of the season because he wasn't getting enough like playing time, apparently. That's what I've heard. And that is not an awesome look. I can't lie. I'm a big, I'm a big believer in that. Like, 
I'm a running back and we have one meaningless bowl game to play before I go to the NFL, I'm going to skip it. Fair enough. But if you're like giving up on your team halfway through the year, that is a little bit um, concerning. Regardless, you can see it there with the size. He looks like a man among boys. And I don't know if necessarily that's going to work out in the NBA, but he just seems to like, he looks like a five-star. He has the passing talent. Um, he has the talent, I think, is uh, just a guy who's – he looks like an NBA player uh, with the way that he moves and his awareness in the game. Him as a lob threat for LaMelo would be ridiculous. Him and Bridges, um, I think he can play multiple positions. Anytime that you get a guy who looks ready to be an NBA forward this early in their career, you should be excited about. So as a project, I like him. Uh, but my, maybe my favorite project, I'm seeing him mocked in the second round here, as Usman Garuba uh, from Spain, I think that he should be a much, much, much highly regarded, more highly regarded prospect. He's a little undersized. He's a center. He's a little undersized at 6'8", but he has a 7'2", 7'3", wingspan, so he makes it work. He's super athletic. He positions himself really well inside, so I think he's going to be a great inside defender from day one, but he's also quick enough to defend the perimeter. He's got a three-point shot that I don't know if it's there yet, but if he could develop it even a little bit so where teams can't just ignore him on the perimeter, and he does a good job getting the ball down the court when he gets rebounds, that's everything you could possibly want in a modern big. I mean, if he's a second-round draft pick, uh, absolutely, I think he's worth the shot. Because uh, you're not finding a lot of guys who have athletic profiles like that. And he seems to—he seems like a really smart player on where he's putting himself on the court defensively. Because uh, you can be as – there's plenty of guys who are athletic who don't know where to be. Um, and he, he does. Outside of that, I think I've ranted all I can about the guys who really stood out to me the other day while we were watching. I have, I have one draft take. I have one. I think the Warriors are pretty much a sure thing to trade that pick. That's the only draft take that I have. I can't imagine. I can't imagine with the West as wide open as it is and Curry and Clay getting old and they have, they already got the number two pick that needs a lot more development. I can't imagine if the opportunity arises to trade that away for like a good vet, they would, they would, I think they would much rather do that than have another developing guy on that team with the way the West looks right now. That's my only draft take. I had one more thing that I had like a list of things that I wanted to talk about takes. I felt strongly about that was one of them. Uh, The Warriors have a player in their prime. Who's arguably top 10 all time. You don't get that multiple times. This is their one. You only get one Steph Curry. And the second he's gone, you're looking for another guy who can be the dude on a championship team. They also have Wiseman. They have the seven and the 14 pick. They have the assets to make a big move. Not making a big move would be a huge mistake. Yeah. You know how you said with the Packers that they tried to play the future and the present and what it's probably going to lead to is them not winning a championship in either? Yeah. I would feel the same way about the Warriors if they just draft these picks and they're like, well, we have a nice young core and we're trying to win now. I think you go all in. Even if, you know, I think Wiseman probably has the potential to still be a good player. Even if you have a guy fall to you at seven or 14 who you really like, and there probably will be guys there who are going to end up being very good. If they're not doing it on Steph, if they're not doing it on Steph Curry's timeline, I'm not as no. excited about it for them. I, I completely agree with you. I think we see it. We see it the same way. I, I, it would shock me if Golden State just stood pat and drafted like right now they're mocked James Bunk Knight in the 
in the mock I'm looking at. Like if they do that, I can't imagine that helps them get anywhere more than trading, you know, that pick, why, like whatever you need to trade for another star. Like there is no way whoever that seventh pick turns into helps them get a title closer to what trading away for a star right now would do in my opinion. So, um, yeah. Yeah. I, I a hundred percent believe that the words are not that far off. If you can trade, you know, you have Wiggins to move, you have uh, Wiseman to move all these picks. Uh, if you can have Curry clay, who I know is going to be probably not the same after the injuries, but I think he'll still be a, at least good on space. And I don't think he's gonna be a bad defender. And then Draymond, you add another star to that. I think that's an extremely strong team. I feel oh, really yeah, good for about sure. them. I mean, so, we know we um, know what we know what Clay Curry and Draymond can potentially do. So, and with the West looking the way it does, like yeah, they should definitely do that. So, yeah. well, as long as we can all agree that the Cavs are winning the finals, I think we're on the same. Team. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that's that what we were, we're getting to. Exactly. Yeah. So I think that wraps things up on our end. Tons of content coming your way on TikTok, YouTube, and of course on the Stay Hot podcast on every platform. Make sure you don't miss out. And as always, from Corn Boy, Dunk Boy, and Lemon Boy, we'll catch you on the flippity flop. I think that it's unfair that Theo gets a cool name and we have to be Corn and Lemon Boy. <laughs> What's well, maybe you should dunk. My, I'll maybe. be track star. I'll be track star. Um, I'll do something cool. I'll think of something cool to do. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.